Now we're getting to the bottom of everything. It's time for Mother Angelica. I mean, that's awesome. Answering the call. Answering the call. This world is no place for Catholic chickens. Answering the call. You call that a failure? I call it a great success. Here's Father Joseph and Doug Keck. I am Doug Keck, and I'm joined by my co-host, Father Joseph Mary Wolf, for another edition of Mother Angelica Answering the Call, the radio program that features the best of Mother Angelica's live show questions from viewers over the years and her powerful and insightful responses. And I'm here, as I indicated, with Father Joseph Mary Wolf. Always great to see you, Father. You know, I think I've grown in appreciation even more so than when Mother was with us. And, of course, I enjoyed her wisdom and her lessons. But I think even more so now that I really appreciate the insights she had that were so helpful to so many people. And and how current they still are. They really mm-hmm. are eternal, yes. as, as in the name there. Let's talk about the topics. Be nice this Lent before drinking coffee. That's an interesting one. <laughs> uh, abortion and the value of human life, powerful. What direction should I go in? And does God still communicate through dreams? So let's talk about the first one, which is be nice this Lent before drinking coffee. Are you a coffee drinker for me? Uh, on occasion, I do. <laughs> I know you're a smoothie drinker. That I do. <laughs> I like to like smoothies, too. <laughs> so Mother's talking about this caller's wanting to know, how do I love sacrifice? That's a big question, isn't it? You mm-hmm. know, that it's hard to want to embrace the cross or self-denial. And yet again... In this uh, program, she's talking about, Jesus, I give my whole day to you. So if love is there, then that's what makes sacrifice not only doable, but even lovable, because I'm doing it as an act of love. Right. And one of the things I think she points out that's that's really good, too, is the idea that sacrifice takes time, Mm -hmm. that it's not the kind of thing that you you just jump in and it's like, oh, this is fine. Sometimes Mm -hmm. it takes you a while to build up in a sense, to be able to handle it. Yeah, it does. We have to be patient with ourselves. St. Francis de Sales says, you want to grow in the spiritual life, you need patience, first of all, with yourself. It's going to take time. But with that perseverance, that trust in the Lord, what you're going to see is that your desires get transformed, that virtue really does grow, sometimes imperceptibly. We don't know which virtues we may be growing in. But the Lord's at work, and if we're living in a state of grace, that is sanctifying grace. It's changing us. And she talks about, uh, you know, sacrificing for your children, staying up all night. And she she references mm-hmm. uh, Sister Raphael yeah. and another time. And I always think about the time when Sister Raphael was <laughs> dying mm-hmm. and the uh, kind of powerful spiritual experience of being able to spend some time with her. Yeah, and how Mother said they were with her, you know, at the end. That's a great consolation. We were with our own brother Marion toward mm-hmm. the end of his life, you know. And there's really profound graces happening at that time when someone's making that final transition. And uh, what a wonderful thing to have our loved ones around us. And you were there when Mother passed as well. I was. Very good. Be nice this Lent before drinking coffee. What does Mother say about drinking coffee? We have a call. Hello? Hi. I wanted to ask, how can we learn to love sacrifice? Well... Takes time. Takes time. First, you have to love God a lot. But then you love sacrifice. And the only way you can love sacrifice is to know how awesomely wonderful it is. In effect, in effect. Uh, Padre Pio said that if we knew how 
awesomely precious is pain and sacrifice, uh, we would covet it, we, we would go after it. So when things are hard and we can do them well, that's a sacrifice, see? But if I'm thinking of Jesus, for example, and I think if we have a habit of having proud, arrogant thoughts, and I look at him crowned with thorns, then I can make a sacrifice. See, if I find myself thinking a proud thought, then I, I must give that to Jesus and think a humble thought. So it, it, it takes time. The saints were comfortable with sacrifice. We're not too comfortable. I mean, we're, we're not people who like sacrifice. But we have to, we have to. And after a while, when sacrifice and love for Jesus go together, then we love the sacrifice because it brings us closer to the Lord. See, anything that's hard brings us closer to God. <clears throat> and I can make that intention. Intentions are important. Intentions are very important. We wake up in the morning and say, Jesus, I give my whole day to you. That's a sacrifice sometime because you don't feel like talking early in the morning. So you get that black stuff we call coffee. You, you're not even halfway awake, let alone nice. Well, maybe for lunch you ought to be nice before your coffee. Try that. Isn't it humiliating to think that it takes that black stuff strong from time without sugar, without cream, to wake you up? And it isn't just the waking up, to make you halfway decent. Where did I have my coffee? Where is it? Where's the coffee? Right in front of your nose if you had your eyes open. See, so that's a humiliation. I think it is. <clears throat> well, maybe you could give that up and try to say, Lord, this Lent, I'm going to be nice before my coffee. Try it. <laughs> I bet you don't make it. <laughs> that would be funny, wouldn't it? Huh? All these homes in America trying to be nice before coffee. <laughs> Would that be nice? Huh? Would that be wonderful? But the more you can sacrifice, well, let's take this. If your child is sick and has high fever and you got to stay there day and night, you love that. The sisters and I took turns staying up all night with Sister Rayfield. We loved it because she was there and we were with her. See? But that kind of sacrifice is something you like to do and you do. Moving ahead, something a little different, Father. Abortion and the value of human life. Mm -hmm. How much more valuable can it be? Yeah, and she's talking, the caller's talking about her frustration, that things are just not changing. And, um, you know, Mother talks about the need for prayer. Well, Doug, we've been involved in covering the marches for life. What an effect that has had, I believe. And I think you know 
I've learned so much from mm. these wonderful speakers at our pro-life marches that we've covered over the years and our viewers as a, have as well. And I think that's really made an impact in educating people like Mother's talking about here and helping people to embrace that uh, way of life more. And one of the great things I think it did, which is what EW10 does for people, I think in general, is make you realize you're not alone, mm -hmm. that there are plenty of other people who believe just like you do, who care about it. But in a secularized world we live in, most of us are somewhat af coy or afraid to really step out. You know, it's um, one of my favorite speakers in the pro-life uh, movement is Stephanie Gray. And she brings out a point that's very important. One time she was debating someone on a college campus, and he brought up this issue that she didn't have an answer to. She's saying, how am I going to respond to this? So she just bowed her head, said a prayer, and she got this light. And we have to remember the Lord's on our side, right? He's pro-life and that he will give us the light to chart the way forward. Absolutely. Let's see what Mother has to say about abortion and the value of human life. We have another call. Hello? Hello, Mother Angelica. Yeah, where are you this from? Can shadow from Woodbury, New Jersey. <laughs> and what is your question? I love you. Thank what you. What is about, about the abortion? Uh-huh. What it is, we storm, we storm the White House, but it don't mean a thing. We get letters from them saying we can't do this, we can't do that. Well, we call them and we try it, but I think that the doctors, the doctors don't have any conscience. They don't have no conscience at all. They, uh, they just do it for money. That's all they do. And I don't know what's going to happen to them when they face our Lord. We need to, we need to pray for them. And I, I met a doctor one time who had 30,000 abortions. And uh, he said he didn't know. He said, I never believed that that was a real baby. And I forget what happened one night that he began to realize they were all little children, you see. And he really repented a lot. I think a lot of it is ignorance. A lot of it may be it's a, they make oodles of money. But it never does them any good, I'm sure. Somewhere, someplace, there has to be a conscience. They're misguided, misinformed. And if they don't have a kind of faith in God, then it's, you know, if we did that to animals, I read where this celebrity, and I won't mention her name, loved to eat huge, you know, little baby lambs before they were born. So they would abort these lambs so she could have this kind of lamb that she likes. I can imagine the animal societies all over the world in an uproar, an uproar that they have to abort a lamb so she can have the meat she wants. Isn't it awesome that we don't care about a human being with a soul made to the image and likeness of God?
We do strange things today. Our values are all messed up. We worry about things we shouldn't worry about. Oh, I'm not. Don't send me any I love my dog letters because <laughs> I love your dog too. <laughs> but your dog is not a human being. And if you wouldn't do it to a dog, you shouldn't do it to a baby. And I think this is so because the whole world has lost its realities, its values that are godlike. You know what our Lord did to the Tower of Babel? Well, we're much worse today. Their pride was great. Well, we've gone beyond pride. We take the place of God now. And some people call themselves God. Well, if you could look at yourself in a mirror, maybe you'd catch on. <laughs> God, you're not. We say, we, when you lose the reality of God, everything turns upside down. There's more Mother Angelica answering the call on EWTN Radio. Let's return to Mother Angelica answering the call with Father Joseph and Doug Kecht on EWTN Radio. And we appreciate you staying with us as we continue on with part two of Mother Angelica answering the call. Two more calls to deal with. First up, uh, we've got for Father Joseph Mary Wolf is, what direction should I go in? It's a person calling and saying they're, they're looking for direction mm -hmm. from the Lord. And they're trying to figure it out, asking Mother's advice. And how, do, how does the Lord communicate uh, to us? She's asking about dreams, and Mother's talking about different things, ways the Lord communicates to us. We do have spiritual experiences, mm -hmm. you know, and we talk to people, and and if the person wants to broadcast those experiences, there could be a problem there, right? But often these different experiences that we have are for our own encouragement, for our own support to help us to keep going forward. You know, my, well, my own father was passing. Mm -hmm. I was with him the last week of his life, and he had these mystical experiences of the other world. And that gave me a lot of encouragement into my family as well. And I know of other people who similarly, when their loved ones were passing, they said, you know, this happened or that happened. And it just encourages us in our faith. Right. And, and that, that's the thing, because we live in, a, in, in such a secular world which tries to convince everybody that there isn't something beyond and mm -hmm. people know there is and are looking for those kind of connections and, and maybe that's in a sense uh, the Lord's way of giving some sort of comfort to the family mm -hmm. that's being left behind right yeah and I think even in our own spiritual experiences sometimes we maybe have consolations in prayer um, these are most often for our own growth our own spiritual encouragement so that we keep going forward so it's not just an intellectual exercise our faith is, but the Lord does touch us at times. Right, and Mother talks about her own mother in this call, it's interesting, and her mission of suffering. Now, Mother Angelica, what direction should I go in? We have a call, hello? 
Hello. Hi. Hi. I want to tell you how wonderful you are. Oh. <laughs> Thank you. What um, is your... Mother, I've had uh, dreams about Jesus and talking with him, and I've been wondering if he's been giving some kind of signal. All my life I've had trouble finding a way into a different direction of going as far as a career, but uh, I have no idea which direction I'm supposed to go, and I think he's trying to tell me a direction to go. Can you tell me if that's true? Could that be possible? Well, whenever our Lord gives us anything, it's all, always for our growing in holiness. It doesn't always mean He has a mission. Our mission, we all have a mission. Our mission in life, everyone born, everyone created, their mission in life is to become holy. And sometimes our dear Lord will give people dreams or appear to them and we call or talk to them. We call that locutions. Um, just to, to give you courage to go on. See, if he has a special plan for you, he'll let you know. Don't worry about that. But these kind of things. How do you tell you about my mother? One time, my mother was always sick. She's 13 years in, in a wheelchair. And um, she was worried and frustrated, and she used to cry a lot, and sometimes from pain, sometimes from no, what reason really nobody ever found out. But one night, she was in bed, and she told me the next morning, she was all excited. She said the entire wall disappeared. And all of a sudden, she saw three people standing there. One of them had a green veil over his face. The other one was Jesus. And the third one, she said, looked like Jesus. Exactly, but he didn't have a beard. Well... I thought it was the Trinity, the Father, because no one could look at the Father and live. In a human life, you have to, you have to be in heaven to see God face to face. She, she recognized Jesus. And you say, well, the Spirit doesn't have a beard because he's a spirit. Oh, I know that, for goodness sakes. We're not stupid. <laughs> Everybody knows that. But we have eyes and ears, and we have to use these eyes and ears. We're human. God treats us like human beings. He respects the dignity he gave us. And so, I knew. I knew who she saw. Well, what was that all about? Did she have a mission? I think she did. Her mission was suffering. Her mission was to suffer. We can't say why. Maybe just to be like Jesus. But we all have a mission. All of us. So I don't know any mission. Well, the fact you're alive, that's a mission. The fact that you can pray for people. I just wish I could share some things with you, but I can't, or I won't. But please pray. 
pray for priests, pray for religious, pray for poor sinners, poor sinners, that they, that they get their wits together. And closing out our program, uh, the topic of the call, does God still communicate through dreams? I guess the question is, we know in the past, obviously, with Joseph, mm -hmm. your namesake, he did. What about ongoing or today? Yes, that uh, God does communicate to us. And often through his word, we'll have inspirations that come to us. Other people can communicate it to us. You know, when Mother Angelica was building this chapel, I was speaking with a man recently who was here, and she um, wanted that high-pitched roof, right? <laughs> and mm -hmm. and uh, they were saying, Mother, maybe you want to think, rethink this. And she said, you'll figure it out. You'll mm -hmm. figure it out how to do it. So they had to get those large beams that you see in the chapel, and they had to use tongue and groove for the wood. And it's just beautiful, you know, the effect that was done. But it was a challenge. But Mother had seen that when she was up in Ohio, just the outlay of what this monastery was supposed to be like. And so the Lord does inspire, and especially someone who's going to start something that's going to affect other people, that they can receive in a special way inspirations. Right, and I think the great thing is, obviously, as you were talking about in the earlier segment, the idea of kind of, it's really for you and helping you. Mm -hmm. And as Father Spitzer would always say, he'd say, if it brings you closer to God, yeah. then it's from God. Mm -hmm. If it's taking you away, then you have to question what you were told. So, like, I like what he, Father Spitzer says, if it helps you grow in faith, hope, and love, that's something from God. It's something beneficial, definitely. If it declines it, then it's not from God. Now I know why you're on this show. You say it so much better than me. Let's see what Mother has to say. Does God still communicate through dreams? We have another call. Hello? Yes, thank you, Mother, for taking my call. Mm -hmm. I wanted to ask, does God still communicate to people through dreams? Well, he can. I don't know if he does. He appeared to Joseph a couple times in a dream. Uh, who else? Hmm. Ah, Francis Xavier Cabrini, right? Yeah, she used to dream. But, you know, I think these people are just humble. I, you know, they saw something, they felt something. I know one of, of Don Bosco's brothers, uh, boys, died, and he said to him before he died, show me whether or not, you know, tell me whether you went to heaven. So it was the night of the funeral, and the, all the men, the boys were in this great big room, and all of a sudden, it was like a hurricane, or not a hurricane, a, a, a tornado inside the room. And the chandelier would go, they said, he went to heaven. I thought, boy, if you're coming to me, don't show me that way. <laughs> God can communicate with people in a million ways. He can use his dear angel. He can, I could be Our Lady, uh, Mother Cabrini, Don Bosco, took all dreams. But see, I, have, I do have a little hard time with the dream part because there was a piece of land, and I'm not too sure, somewhere in New York, New York on an island or something, uh, that nobody wanted because there was no water. Well, in one of these dreams, St. Francis Xavier Cabrini saw exactly where the water was. And so she went and bought it. And the Jesuits said to her, 
Don't buy it. It's no good. There's no one. That's all right. I'll use it. <laughs> ah, soon as she bought it, she went right to that spot and dug, and the water just went. <laughs> and they were mad. It's not fair, they said. God told you where it was. <laughs> and he did, too. So I would say yes. I would say if you have a dream and our Lord speaks to you, watch the fruit. Be careful. Watch the fruit. If what he says come true, then it was good. Like the man, you know, during the charismatic movement, this man went to this other man who just bought a big boat. He raps on the door. This really happened. He raps on the door and he said, the Lord told me this morning that you're supposed to give me your boat. Oh, yeah? Yeah. Well, when the Lord tells me I should give you your boat. <laughs> For more about Mother Angelica and to listen to her shows, go to EWTN.com. See you next time on Mother Angelica, answering the call only on EWTN Radio.